Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Hello and welcome to The Fear, a podcast about the overlap between comedy and horror. My name is Sarah Morgan. Hello. Welcome back. Uh, the Fear has been on a tiny hiatus <coughs> uh, while I was recording some more interviews for this series. And also, you might have noticed from the spookily on-brand owl noise at the beginning of the show, uh, we're on a podcast network, baby. Great big owl. We are in a new era of professionalism which means soon that I won't be recording these intros from uh, underneath a duvet using a Zoom recorder. Uh, but not today. Uh, Under the duvet is also another good title for the show. Anyway, so if you're new to The Fear, hello, friend, welcome. Um, so here's the premise, basically. I am a comedy writer. I'm also quite an anxious person. I'm also quite obsessed with horror. Um, I decided it would be lovely to sit down with comedians and funny people that I love and we just talk very openly about fear real fear, supernatural fears, phobias and horror films, whatever it's a very heady brew um, and to crystallise their thoughts before we record I ask my guests to think of three things uh, one, their favourite scary moment from film or TV two, a fear from their childhood and three, a fear they live with now and, and we just talk about these choices in a judgment-free environment, a safe space, and we realise, hopefully, the wonderful truth, which is everyone's scared of something. And at the moment, it feels like everyone's scared of everything. So, good old life. Uh, we're all in it together. Um, my first guest for this series, or season, whichever you prefer, is Richard Osman. That's right. Yeah. Him. He's great. Uh, yeah, Richard Osmond is the uh, creator and co-presenter of BBC One's Pointless. He's uh, the creative director of Endemol TV. He is someone I'm a massive fan of. Um, and I was a bit nervous to talk to Richard, genuinely, as you will be able to tell uh, from the amount of... Uh, I don't know him that well, and I was sort of doing nervous laughing, because uh, I'm quite a nervous laugher. Uh, but also, I laugh when I'm enjoying myself. So uh, it is all coming from a genuine place of sincerity. Um, we recorded this in Richard's office uh, uh, over a year ago now, but I think the themes are, are absolutely timeless. Um, he was so generous with his time and his honesty. We got from Maltesers to crippling anxiety within about five sentences. Um, we also talked about his fear of travelling. We talked about The Pigeon Tunnel by John le Carre. Tales of the Unexpected. Um, the episode uh, that Richard talks about is called The Flypaper. Uh, I love that he sort of misremembered some of the details because he only saw it once when he was a kid and it really shook him up. Um, but you can see the whole thing for yourself. I think it's on YouTube, but it's on DVD and it is genuinely just horrifying. Um, anyway, if you're a fan of Richard's, you are absolutely going to love this. There are loads more. Uh, brilliant guests to come, but for now, please enjoy The Fear with Richard Osman. Cheers.
Hello, Richard Osman. Hello, Sarah. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, I'm ironically fairly fearful of the whole escapade, but we'll be all right. You're fearful of the escapade? Yeah, just oh, That's interesting, because I'm really nervous. Are I you? would like to know why you're really nervous. No, why do you first, and that makes well, it easy for me. Uh, for, uh, because I'd say most of the people who appear on the show I'm reasonably good friends okay. with. And, and, oh, and, this uh, sentence is going to end badly. So... I'm very aware that I'm not going to try and just win your friendship by the next okay. hour of a chat. <laughs> that would so be a nice aim to have. Easy to win my friendship. <laughs> okay, how do we win your friendship? How do we win your friendship? <laughs> Literally, uh, be charming, uh, bring more teasers, anything, you know. I'm so easy. Right. I couldn't be easier. Be a nice human being. Maltesers, or do you like a Malteser bar? What are they called? The bars? Yeah, no, Malteser bar. Well, they're, they're called Malteser, but spelled differently, like with teaser at the end, T-E-A. Um, they're interesting Malteser bars, because the Maltesers that you get in celebrations, which were a revelation to everybody, mm. everyone's like, hold on, yeah, like little, this is amazing, and they're the best in celebrations yeah. by a mile. And you think that someone should make a bar, which they did, with the Maltesers, which look like tiny, they look like arses. Um, if you open them but you know what it's not that if for some reason it's not that amazing the format that they have in for celebrations I think is, is fantastic it's like perfect for the Maltese the Maltese bar I don't know mm. you can get a big Maltese bar as well and that's 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 too much that's too much it's too sweet yeah I never yeah. thought I would say that I'm glad we've swerved nerves to chocolate <laughs> so tell me why you're nervous about it. Uh, well, anything that's like this, I feel nervous about because you know I want to because I'm a television producer and I want to be professional and I want to make good product. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if people are going to listen, uh, and that makes me worried because <laughs> what if they'll finally what if they finally go, oh yes, I sort of liked him, but now I get it. Uh, now I see the mask is gone. Now it's weird. It just took Sarah with her record, all recording equipment really to find the real guy, and then it'd be like, oh yeah. All right, mate. And then that's me done on television forever. Do you think you present yourself quite a steely facade and there's a seething underbelly of fear? I think I'm... uh, um, I think... (laughs) 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 I think that uh, there's definitely a seething underbelly of fear in everything I do, but I don't think I hide that. I think that's that's fairly apparent at all times, my my ability to, 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 at any point, collapse in a heap. I'm, I, I hope it's good. always evident. You should be a, an open wound at all times, I think. It's, well, I it's think so useful. as well. People love honesty. But also, <laughs> but, you know what, it's true, you know, the one that's the only, it's the only lesson you need to learn in life is, is by and large, better to be honest than not. Absolutely. You know? But it really is, it's the single thing I would pass on to my children, is if in doubt, tell the truth. Oh. You know? The reason, the reason I know you is through Twitter, really. I think yeah, you've yeah, probably yeah. met... That's how, this, that's how everyone knows. We've met IRL in like yeah. twice in, yeah. in, in, in comedy type gatherings. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. So that's that's nice. It's I'm nice, it's, it's meeting anyone off the internet's weird. <laughs> meeting someone who's worked to admire so much on the internet. Well, yeah, yeah. Twitter, yeah. Twitter is a very weird place because you do meet all sorts of people and you just assume you know them. They think, hold on, I've never met you. Yeah. It's weird, but you feel like you do because you get so much information from people. Uh, now, you, no, not now so much these days. I, just, I can't, I can't say anything. I can't start anything with an I on Twitter now. Can't say anything. You can't say anything. Can't say anything. Can't say anything. Can't, anything. Can't, anything. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't be racist. Can't, yeah, it's can't, can't just. The day I stopped being able to mansplain was a bad day. <laughs> think, what, what else do you think I've got? <laughs> but no, you can't do it. Yeah, that's the uh, thing. That's talking fear. You know, you, you, 
do you so often have to double, triple check tweets? You think just in case mm. is this going to massively cause offence to anybody? Yeah. Especially funny stuff. If I leave it out, if I leave my phone out on the side and I go and make a cup of tea, when I come back, will have exploded with. Yes, it'll because know. I said, oh, that, yes, that. Yeah, gosh, I should, I should not have said that thing yeah. about Jason Manford. <laughs> and now suddenly the whole world has gone. Yeah, and the BBC what, are ringing me up. What did you say about Jason Manford? I know I didn't. Oh, I was, right, I was, yeah. I was trying to think of anything that kind of very normal and rational that I would say. Jason Manford. But yeah, that fear, of, guess. that fear of getting scared of sprouts, Jason Manford. Hmm? Scared of sprouts, Jason Manford. Sprouts. Yeah, it came up on the show when he. I don't think I'm scared of them. I just. I avoid them. I guess if they were in the same room as me, I'd be frightened. This is the same. Well, they got you know. I presented the case of you know they're fucking lovely. You just have to cook them properly. Really, parmesan. I don't. I don't, mm. I don't believe that. People always say you just have what. All you have to do is cook them and like put really different other foods yeah. with them. You think, yeah. right, well, then they're not lovely. So yeah. obviously you can just eat one. Yeah, as Jason said, so, dip them in chocolate and they'll be delicious. <laughs> yeah. Well, a Maltese is oh, delicious. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to go. No, actually, if you take a Maltese <laughs> and then you cook it and you put parmesan and actually you leave it in the oven. And then you then you steep it overnight and marinate it. They're delicious. You think you don't need to? They're already delicious. Yeah. Something where you need to cook it and put other flavours with it uh, is not delicious. I, I would disagree, but I also find it very important that I don't disagree with the guests on any of their choices. Yeah, I'd yeah. like it to be a safe space. Yeah, no. Whereas someone right. goes, I hate spiders. I want to go. No, you're wrong. Spiders are fucking lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't really, yeah, but I'm frightened of pretty much everything. So you could. Uh, but I am. Okay. Spiders. I don't think. Uh, I don't. Mm. Like, I feel. I know that. I do know that they're lovely, and I know that they are creatures in as much the same way as we are, and they have a central nervous system and all of that. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I don't like them. I'd rather one wasn't in my room, right? You know, than anything. I'd rather wasn't in my room. I think, but I can do nothing about being in my room. Right. I, I have a fear of. <laughs> Like stalkers. Call me crazy. Crazed fans. Yeah, yeah, that's what's fine. Crazed fans. (laughs) Well, they tend not to be like hanging on my ceiling. Right. So that's okay. They're not going to parkour the crazed fans. Yeah, by and large, you can ask them to leave. You can't ask a spider to leave. So now I've said the phrase crazed fans, I would like to know if you have crazed fans because, you know, you're a a celebrity crush. By definition, Um, I would say anyone who is, anyone who would define themselves as a fan of mine has to be crazed in some way because I'm, I, I would be a weird person to be a fan of I think very comfortable with people enjoying my contribution to British culture and enjoying answering questions are pointless I think if someone were to say so I'm a fan oh man of yours I am a fan I would immediately oh, I uh, like Justin Bieber telling girls not to scream at him at his concert yes that's exactly I'm what I'm like I'm, exactly, I'm, I'm not grateful no I'm not grateful I just uh, I, I find it embarrassing but uh, no, I, listen. I'm endlessly. I'm, I'm endlessly. No one ever says I'm a huge fan of yours. People always say, "Oh, my nan is such a huge fan." Do <laughs> their mums or their nans? It'd be one or the other. Fair enough. So you mentioned uh, in your email that you, the first time you did pointless, you were terrified. Yeah. Talk me through that. Well, so I've never. I'm not a television presenter. I'm a television producer. I've, ne- I've never got off the stage. I've never done stand up. Um, I've never felt the need to have acclamation by an audience. I like making people laugh, I like making friends laugh, but that, that idea of getting up in front of strangers, mm. to me, is, you know, I, I, find, um, uh, I find difficult. But the, I got the job doing, the, doing um, Pointless after we pitched it to the BBC, and I thought, well, I'll do it because it's good to do new things. Uh, I thought it'd be fine, I love television, yeah. and looking at a camera doesn't worry me. 
all of that. And it was literally I was sitting in makeup for the very first show back in the old BBC before they they, they, they shut it down. Oh, don't! I can't even look in that direction. We are we are in West London. We had yeah. a concrete donut, and I can't. You know what? Like they would like they'd be allowed to knock down the Royal Opera House, but they're allowed to knock down the place where they made porridge and more from wise and black hair. Anyway, Cunts, I'm going to say. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> they are really uncomfortable at the studios. Which is good. Very nice. But we were the last ever show in the studio. Right? Oh, wow. I know, which is where, where they made, I say that's where they made porridge, where they made blackout, all sorts yeah. of two runnings the studio. Oh. Right? I know. Um, so I was sitting in, 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 in makeup there, ready to do this thing. I was thinking, that's fine, that I, know, I know the format, I know what I'm supposed to do, and I know about television. Uh, and I'm obviously I'm not uncomfortable in, in, in the environment, sort of a television studio and makeup, because mm-hmm. it's where I spent my whole life. Uh, and then I just heard the, sort of the, the little murmur of the crowd. I could hear if someone opened the door to the studio, I could hear the crowd. And I just said, oh my God, what are you doing? And I thought so utterly sitting. That's the time where I've most felt like, I wonder if I'm allowed to pull out of this. Because I can't get up on that stage. No one knows who I am. No one knows that, you know, this show might be awful. You know, I don't know. Um, and everyone's going to be judging me. And it's going to be, and you know, if I'm sitting in a gallery, it's absolutely yeah. fine. I'll make a pie that, and you think, oh, okay, that doesn't quite come yeah. off, and this, that, and the other. And you know, whoever's on the floor as presenters, you know, they, they seem fine. But actually, being on the floor and having to be introduced to an audience mm-hmm. who don't know who you are and saying hello to them it was awful, awful. Even now, if I go on new shows, you go on a QI, or if I got news mm-hmm. for you or something, and you see the stand-ups go on there, and they're you know, they love it. It's like I see that it yeah. gives them something. It fe- they feed off it, and for me, it's like three hundred people who, for all I know, hate me. And <laughs> you know, I go out there and I have to. I sort of I've, literally my thing is why on earth? You know, I'm, my assumption is they don't like me. And then if you make people laugh, you can kind of relax a little bit, but it never goes away. That thing of how dare I be out here talking to these so people? What's it's terrifying. Talk? What do you do? There's nothing you can do. You know. Because I love the television side of it, and that doesn't frighten me at all. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing that frightens most people when they go on TV, is, you know, producers' briefings and makeup and wardrobe and just, just the, the business of it and where you're supposed to be and going back to your dressing and then you come down for a rehearsal. All this kind of stuff, there's a lot of uh, um, rigmarole that goes on when you make a television programme. And none of that, that's fine for me, yeah. I don't mind that at yeah. all. Because it's, I'm, I know exactly it's what's world, happening yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing surprising to me. Um, uh, so during the day I'm able to be quite calm so it's literally that moment of going on and the first five minutes of being on and it's very and even pointless I'm still very nervous until I make a joke that makes people laugh really? and it can, it can be in warm up it can be in it but as long as I've done something and people laugh I think oh, okay that's all right. But even something, because when you show, you record like eight shows a day. Or four something. a day, yeah, four we do. Four a day. Yeah, yeah. So by show four, you're not just kind of, I've probably got the hang of this, or is episode 4,003 or whatever. But it's, you know what, and that's the interesting thing about the fear and the audience and the people, and, and, you know, I think that it would mortify me to think that we ever took our foot off the accelerator for a show, and that's the only show that someone at home watched, and they watched it, and they went, Oh, that's, what does that show? It doesn't really work, does it? Because then, you know, I can't bear it. I can't bear that thought. So I always try and, you know, that's why the second something interesting happens or, or, the, or the, you know, the, the question, you know, it's a lockdown or we do a good show and everyone laughs. It was a lockdown the other day. I'm really excited. I know, we, actually, <laughs> we get a bit excited, but we also think, oh, man, that's, that's added 10 minutes to the day. Oh, no. Uh, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, so I still have the fear of what if this is the one that's rubbish. 
But and that's lovely. Master. That's a good kind of fear. Fear that you're going to let people down is yeah. wonderful. But I think you, you otherwise yeah. you can't do with, we've done, what, 1,100 shows or something. You can't do that otherwise. You get some shows where there's no room to be in. But on that show, because I, because I get to talk, I get to produce from the floor, really. So if I feel it's quiet, I can make it louder. If I fear we were harsh on someone, I can bring them in to the next yeah. bit. Um, but yeah, got the thought. So you're that, reading it like a producer the whole time. Yeah, all the time. And that takes you out of your it can do presence, yeah. being yeah. in your own body. And of. and I just I do just that thought. I want everyone to be having a good time, all the contestants. Um, and I just yeah, that thought that we just turn in a duff one, uh, and that people would just go, oh, really? Is that is that when you say, oh no, you know, I I, I want it to be special every time. That's that's. I think that's a, a lovely thing to be frightened of, though. Like, would you? So, so you'd say you say you're a naturally nervous person. Yes. What? How does that manifest itself in a day to day? When was the last time you felt nervous about something? I feel. I, oh, I feel literally. I feel nervous about everything, <laughs> all the time. I think it's fair to say. I do, I feel that any kind of new social situation I find awkward <coughs> if I have to go somewhere I've not been before mm. I, don't like, I don't like that I always like to go to places I've been before I would go on holiday and want to go to the same place if I go to a restaurant I want to go to the same place right. and then I want to order the same food um, and yeah my the, 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 the abiding rule across my whole life is um, but how am I going to get home <laughs> and that's to me the most so if you go to gigs or something a lot of people go asking oh, we're going to go to this festival we're going to go to um, you know last year we're going to do this you think yeah but they're fine I can see that's going to be fun it's going to be a laugh camping camping doesn't scare me that's fun it's going to be great staying up with your mates and drinking I can see all that mm. that's fun it'd be great going to see a few bands that's good great to see a few talks but how are we going to get home like at the end of it yeah and like what have we got so we've got a car but that car park is like there's so many people leaving at the same time so it's going to take forever and sometimes if it's raining and what if the car gets stuck and then we won't be able to get back and if we haven't got a car I know there's a, there's a coach and that goes to the station but uh, where does it go where does it go from and what if there's like loads of people on that coach and what if because my legs are too long what if I can't get a seat where I've got a leg room so what's that going to be like and then um, so I'd rather just not go to the festival uh, no, I can't drive because of my eyesight, so I'd never be allowed to drive. Well, it's oh, a real shame because I'd love to be able to drive, but it does mean you're slightly dependent on, on, on transport from other people or, yeah, buses or coaches or trains and things like that. And, um, you know, so I'm quite good with that. I'm quite good at logistics. Logistics like I can do, but not in somewhere I don't know. Or if you're abroad and people go, yeah, we're going to get this club and it's in so-and-so, you think, that's great, but, like, what's the transport infrastructure yeah. like? to get you back afterwards. Oh, no, I'm, I'm exactly yeah. the same. Let's go to, even when I was 18, and go to raves in Somerset. I'd be like, yeah. it's there, bus it. I know. It but also, it's like one in the morning, and just kind of go, who, but who's got, I know some people have got yeah. cars, but are you, what are you, you're going to tell me before, like, when you leave, before you leave, <laughs> I know you're absolutely out of your nuts, but you will tell me before you leave, because right, otherwise I'm not going to be able to get home, and then I have to ask that guy over there for a lift, and I don't even know who he is. And what if he doesn't live near Taunton? Yeah. Last, last year, two years ago, we did a, a, a game show and we filmed it in Mozambique. Mm. And we filmed it on an island off the coast of Mozambique. As a show, there's loads of contestants and stuff like that. And I was flying out there. And someone said, I'll send you all the details. You have to fly to Johannesburg. Uh, then you have to change 
uh, on a, to an Air Mozambique flight to a local Mozambique airport, mm-hmm. and then you had to get a small plane over to the island. That was the thing. Uh, and even to me, even going to Johannesburg is difficult because I think, well, I haven't been to Johannesburg. <laughs> so what's that going to be? You know, yeah. where is it? And how do you, you know? Uh, and anyway, they were sort of chatting away some of the production team, and they said, "Ah, oh, this is one of the contestants is such a nightmare um, that he has asked for photographs." of every step of the journey. So he wants photographs of Johannesburg Airport, he wants photographs of the plane he's going to get on, he wants photographs of the airport in Mozambique, he wants photographs of the plane to go to the island, mm-hmm. and he wants photographs of where he's landing on the island. They said, God, what is wrong with that guy? And I was sitting there, I was just thinking, <laughs> this is amazing, because that's exactly what I want. That's what I want. I want to be able to see, I want to be able to picture where I'm going, know where the next plane is, know where that's going all the details and from that moment on, I was quite happy because I had pictures because I've got the same I said could I have that as well oh, just, for, just, yeah. just to check just to just check, check how the production's going <laughs> uh, so I, I knew I knew the and of course on the way home from there I had no fear at all because I knew where the, where, right. was, where the little plane was taken off from I knew where that was landing I knew what the terminal was like at that little airport I knew the plane I was getting onto Johannesburg I knew so I knew it all so I was very happy, but before I knew, I was very, I was, I hated it. So do you know what it is you're frightened of happening? No, I don't know what it is. Like, frightened. like worst case scenario, you can't get home, you've got to sleep under a hedge. Yes. Or you get kidnapped by pirates. Like, which extreme yes, is yes, it? Yes, 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 Because I think I, as a woman, there are, there are very yes, legitimate spheres. Yes. And I would imagine, you know, you're, you're a big bloke. You, you don't seem like to be frightened to just walk a few I miles. I think or, that yeah. it's, uh, it's like that thing of doing a spacewalk, isn't it? And, I, you know, I, 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 I think that psychologically I'm always attached to my capsule. Right. Uh, and the fear of not being able to get back upsets me right and the fear you know if it's, as long as I know that at some point I'm going back to where I'm happy and safe okay. and comfortable and all of that then I'm fine I think maybe it's that thing of, of, of you know like a, a child when a parent leaves a room and they, they don't know they're ever coming back I think I still have a very childish thing of thinking what if I never get home no, what if that's something that actually happened to you? No, it wasn't. Literally, yeah. I wish, I wish, Damn, I was going to say, I was going to say, sorry. I was yeah. going to say, I was going to say, I was going to say, I think it's, um, yeah, it doesn't come from anywhere. I was, maybe it comes from my eyesight, so maybe it comes from hmm. uh, if I'm stuck somewhere unfamiliar, I'm sort of screwed because I can't see anything. Right. Uh, uh, you know, so I need things to be familiar and I need to be able to look at things. Loads of TV, and my daughter would always make us watch all sorts of things. Now she's she's gone, uh, but yeah, me and my son are about to start watching. Um, uh, it's The Walking Dead, isn't it? Not yeah. I keep calling it The Walking Dead, and he yeah. just keeps doing that <laughs> Tina die roll at me. <laughs> so oh, so you, do, you do like a bit of horror, then, by the sound of it. Well, I'm not. Well, now you're telling me it's horror. I think there is horror. It's like zombies, right? Zombies. I don't think zombies is horror. You don't think zombies is horror? No. Why don't why is horror? horror? To I like this theory. Horror is Because I would agree, but I'd like to hear Horror theory. is stuff that could really happen to you in your house. Oh, so you, yeah. I thought it's not horror. I thought look if it's a a vampire, it's not that's not frightening. People always people always say, Oh, it's scary of zombies, the exorcist. You think exorcist isn't scary at all? <laughs> it's like the least scary thing because it's about the devil of being you just think, well it's, that's not gonna happen. And the other priest is not suddenly, you know, there isn't the devil isn't real. So that's that film is scary. Whereas saw someone there. I can hear you. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Julia Rayside, and I'd like to invite you aboard my podcast, Always There is the only podcast to navigate through every single episode in order of the 1980s seafaring soap opera, Howard's Way. I mean, if we're talking lacquer, we need to go back to Polly, who's got 28 cans of Elmet. It was definitely um, yeah. feeling horrible that you hadn't done your homework. Yeah. Obviously, Lynn is immediately in a bikini. It's, it's a freezing day in, I'm guessing, I February. I that swing pool looks freezing. You don't have to love Howard's Way or even remember it. We're going to talk about it anyway, because I think it's brilliant. Jack still feels very much at sea. I can't help reaching for these puns. I'm so yeah, sorry. No, but it's important. He doesn't really acknowledge how grave... What his... an ocean of trouble. Thank you. It is. This is why we got you on your there bloody screen. You That's all I've got. I'm leaving now. Available from your usual podcast supplier. Find us on Twitter at AlwaysTherePod. Somebody's nicked my bloody boat. So we're sort of... I sort of asked you to think about three things, which is how we break mm-hmm. the show down a little bit in the Desert Island Discs... Slash room 101. Yeah, clever. <laughs> format. Yeah. Format, like. yeah. You know, that's not how you're supposed to do it. Format's got you're supposed to wear it very lightly. Yeah. People are not, not supposed to go, so this is, is that be like a start of pointless? Every time just saying, it's well, it's like family food, <laughs> but it's in reverse. That, it's that sort of thing. It's like backwards from four yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah. That's, uh, the, that's the first one of formats, is, is, is you don't mention the format. Yeah. I think, can you be sued for a podcast format, probably? Well, I do think you can be sued for this. Isn't this isn't? It's almost impossible to be sued for any format. And this is definitely <laughs> thus far. I'm going to say the mechanics of it are not really in any bounds for me. And it's all scab- It's all under the surface yes. of an iceberg. Yeah, the scandal yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can't even see yeah. it. Uh, yeah. So, but I, was, I was particularly intrigued when I asked you about uh, what scared you. Uh, what your favourite scary thing from uh, film and TV was, and you yeah. said. Do you want to sing the, sing the music? No, I don't. It's terrifying. Tell me the unexpected. Tell me the unexpected. I really remember, I think when I was a kid, for whatever reason, I'd seen one. I'd seen one that terrified me so much. I can't begin to say I'll explain the plot to you in a moment. But even the thought of having to explain the spots, the, the, the plot is frightening me. From then on, I have such memories of in my childhood being upstairs in bed and hearing the theme music mm. to um, uh, Tells of the Unexpected. It's horrible. And being terrified and having to sort of get out of bed and sort of call down to my mum and, you know, just sort of, oh, I need some water, whatever it is, yeah. just so that I've got Make to... It because something, because I know that if the music has happened, then someone downstairs is watching something and that it's, so something terrifying is happening in my house. 
and I don't know what it is. You can't control it. Uh, and I can't control it. So the, the music that even now if I hear that music, I feel absolutely terrifying. The one that I watched, so I watched this thing, and um, you know I love Tales of the Nefertiti. I've read the books of Tales of the Nefertiti, right, the those books, which are really terrific hmm. reads. It's just the short stories and some really brilliant macabre uh, things. But the one I watched was about a girl, and she's walking out. She's in the countryside, uh, and um, oh man, this is maybe where my I need to get home thing comes from. Uh, so I don't think it is. But so she's in the countryside of something, uh, and she's been followed by this guy, this old guy, this sort of slightly big, bald mm-hmm. guy. It's been followed, and she's worried about it. And she's sort of walking down the lanes, and she sort of sees him. Uh, and then um, she's in a phone box, desperately trying to ring the parents, something like that. And then his face appears mm-hmm. in the phone box, right in front of her, right sort of leering. And she's terrified. She sort of drops the phone and all this kind of stuff. And then a woman comes along. And says to the man, "What are you doing?" And off he. Um, no, no, not that, not that. So, <laughs> that. so this voice, this face comes leering at her, and she sort of drops the phone, and then he disappears off. But she's terrified, and her money's all kind of come out of the thing, so she's got no money now either. So she's out in the middle of nowhere, and this guy is somewhere, and then uh, uh, she sees a woman with like a shopping trolley, and she says, "You know." You know, can you help me? Blah blah blah. She's not going to come back. She lives in a caravan. This one, uh, and she takes that back to hers and gives her a nice cup of tea and says, "There, there." Can you come? Shut the door behind you. Oh, now there's some biscuits in my basket. If you'd like to get them out and put them on a plate. Uh, and then the door opens and her husband turns up and he's the bald guy. Hello, Herbert. <laughs> Just in time. The tea's already. Oh, good. What likes one's brother say? Oh, that's what that's the end. That's it. That's, that's it. it. Oh. That is it. That's all that happened. That's all that happened. So you fill in the blanks as to whether he was a murderer or yeah, molester exactly, or whether or the two of them are in cahoots. And it's just this poor girl. All she wants to do is get home, and there's just suddenly this thing. Shit, no, this is going, where you're, yeah. you are that girl. Yeah, maybe. You're that little girl maybe, in the rain. You know, in some ways, I am. I think girl. you are that little girl in the rain. Yeah, I've never watched it. I should watch it, shouldn't I? So to see if it loses something. Because you feel like I don't know. I felt like I'd seen them all yeah. as repeats when I was a kid. And obviously the music and the weird James Bond titles that are sort yes. of sexy oh. but frightening at the same time. Yeah. It's like a really Jesus. deep Jesus, yeah. To what you were scared of as a kid. What were you scared of as a kid? As a kid, I'm not sure. Was I? I'm not sure. I was desperately scared of anything. I was scared of that music. So yeah, I was scared of darkness, I guess. Um, you know the usual kid stuff I think and I would scare I'd get scared if we ever came up to London because we lived near London so we'd always come up to London I didn't like traffic I didn't like it was to, I also I'd never live in London because it's too it's too quick and it's too noisy mm. um, uh, but yeah I wasn't I wasn't a sort of terrified little kid right. I have to say I wasn't a kind of shrinking violet I'm much more scared of things now perhaps because I understand things more yeah so yeah. it's something to think about yeah I think that um, I think that I didn't get frightened at a huge amount of things. I don't think. I think I was very. I think I was quite happy. Um, uh, and even now, my fears are not kind of. 
uh, you know, terrifying, paralyzing things. I just think that um, I choose to avoid anything that might be frightening, and that in itself, of course, is a is a is a is a bad thing, and it, and it holds you back. Um, but I'd rather avoid the things than confront the things. <laughs> What's the last thing you didn't do because you were too scared to do it? Oh my god, like everything. I mean, literally every week I tell you stuff that people ask you to do things, and like, I was supposed to be able to do a documentary in Japan. And I just thought, well, but it's like, it's like such a long way away. And what if I don't like it? Um, well, what if you don't like it? What would happen? Well, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy. Okay. You know, and I don't want to be. Uh, I don't want to be unhappy. I was talking to someone once about aversion therapy. And mm. this, I think, is really, 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 really important. We did a show once about aversion therapy. And this woman was terrified of pigeons. Right? That was a big fear, mm. was pigeons. Right, you know. And all of our fears are irrational, right? My yeah. fear of how do I get home is irrational. You know, all of these different mm-hmm. fears are irrational. Um, some fears are not. Yeah. Being buried alive is not, you know, because it would be horrible. Um, I think I'm assuming <laughs> yeah. uh, but so she was terrified of pigeons so we said to her and we had a guy who could do it said look we can cure you of your aversion to pigeons <clears throat> and she said no she said no I didn't no, no and the guy was explaining to us he said oh well this is, you know sometimes people's fears and sometimes people's phobias you know do a job for them and you know it's, it's, it's a barrier between you know something that you know, mm. real pain or something like that and I thought, at that time I didn't buy it, I really didn't buy it, and ever since I really haven't bought it, is what I think it was was something really, 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 really simple, which is terrified of pigeons. We said to her, we can cure you yeah. of being terrified of pigeons. And in her brain, which is terrified of pigeons, she's thinking, but if you cure me, that means at some point I'm going to hang out with pigeons. Because uh, I'm cured, and I don't want to hang out yeah. with pigeons because I'm terrified of them. So logically she's thinking, no thank you, I do not want that, because, you know... The thing that it leads to is the thing I'm terrified of. So it's, it's self-defeating. And I often think that in life, the thing we're absolutely terrified of, we don't want to do something about because then we, then it will be part of our daily life and we can't accept that. That makes sense. I but, like that. I like that. Yeah? yeah. The, pigeon, the pigeon analogy. The pigeon. <laughs> Everyone's got a pigeon. Did you read the... the um, gosh, sorry, this is so off-topic. Is this off-topic? You could probably make it on-topic. But... Um, <laughs> The, John McCarrie, who's my favourite writer, has uh-huh. just released his thing, The Pigeon Tunnel, which is a collection of his writings. And he says, right at the beginning, he says, um, I, he said, I think pretty much every single one of my novels at some point has had the working title of The Pigeon Tunnel. And he said, and it comes down to when I used to uh, go with my dad to Monte Carlo, because dad was a gambler, uh, there used to be this lawn opposite the casino that led down to the sea. He said, and there were these little tunnels that went underneath the lawn. He said, and essentially they had pigeons which were bred on the roof of the casino, mm-hmm. which were fed into these tunnels. They would walk along the tunnels, fly out over the sea, and be shot. It was a shooting range. Mm-hmm. He said, so he had these pigeon tunnels. He said, so obviously some of them were killed. He said, but those that weren't killed and those that were wounded did the thing that pigeons always do, which is they go back to where they feel oh. safe, which of course is their coop on top of the hotel. So, so they were constantly so like being recycled into this thing that was going to kill them. And a it, hospital. Like, oh and it's God. like, how awful, right? But he's, you know, it's a good analogy for life. That's a terrific and disturbing as fuck analogy. Yeah, exactly. But he does say, you know, yeah. the readers may, may know why this has yeah. always appealed to me quite so much as an image. 
That's terrific. I mean, you can apply that to like relationships. Yeah. Well, We've well, all been out in a yeah, pigeon style. Yeah, exactly. Just, no, I, I think what I'm going to do, because I, I'm very wounded from that previous relationship, yeah. I'm going to go back to, well, the place where. Yeah. Right, okay. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just clipped me. Yeah. And if I go by, back. By all means, do not just keep flying. By all means, just head back. <laughs> oh, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. The fear of something, da- the, 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 the certainty of something damaging is sometimes easier than the, uh, the fear of something unknown, I think. GreatBigOwl.com Game of Thrones The Walking Dead Westworld No, that's the West Wing. West, Westworld. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. That's right, BBC One's flagship early evening fluff cast doesn't get the in-depth chewing over it deserves. Until now, welcome then to The The One Show Show, where we treat the Matt Baker, Alex Jones vehicle with the level of sophisticated examination one would ordinarily reserve for the likes of The Wire. It's very sad that it's come to this, isn't it, Sandy? Fuck the casual viewer, The Wire's creator David Simon once said. I'd get angry, but I wouldn't say anything. I'd keep it inside, which is bad for you, apparently. Committed viewing requires commitment, and that is what we're bringing to that programme where every now and again, Giles Brandreth will visit a factory to see how paint is made. He always delivers the... Well, I mean... A barn owl and a marsh harrier. On each The The One Show show, I'll be joined by a guest destroyer of worlds. What did you learn from this week's The One Show? The presenter, Angelica Bell, can't swim. (laughs) It's disarray. The baby's on the floor. Alex Jones sniffed a bandage to see if she could smell Parkinson's disease on it. It's not great. Uh, (laughs) And with that, good night. Down in the hole. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.